Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by SkillFeed.com. It's a new website where you learn or improve your creative and technical skills with over 700 curated video courses covering presentation, design, photography, video editing, and more. And for a limited time, This Week in Photo listeners can get a 30-day extended free trial to SkillFeed by visiting SkillFeed.com backslash twip. 11. That's skillfeed.com backslash twip 11. This week on Twip, it's a special holiday interview with photographer and voiceover artist Karen Hutton. It's Wednesday, November 26, 2013, and this is Twip. Welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. It's Thanksgiving in the United States of America, so this week we're serving up a very special helping of photography goodness in this interview with my good friend and professional photographer, Karen Hutton. Karen and I recently met up in a Google Plus Hangout to talk about her voiceover work, photography, and magic. All right, I'm here with the wonderful, the fantastic, the fabulous, the woman in red herself on the Olin Mills background, Miss Karen Hutton. <laughs> she is a photographer. She is somehow involved with Stuck in Customs. She's the voice of Stuck on Earth, if you've heard of that application that comes out of Stuck in Customs. She's the voice of Motion X, and I think she should have been the voice of Siri. I'm just saying. Anyway. She's a voice. She's a pretty face. She is a amazing photographer, which is why she's on This Week in Photo. Karen Hutton, welcome to the show. Wow, Fred. That was good. Thank <laughs> you. That's what I do. That's what, what I do. I, this is what I do. Okay. You did a great job. You're, you, sure. you as well. All right. What did you call me? A multimedia... What did, what multimediographer. The multimediographer. I love you know, that. Because photographer, videographer... Um, audio person, all this stuff is just, it's too niche, right? We I do know. it all now. We I know. All. We do it all. We do it all well. They all blend. Mm-hmm. I, I have always done multiple things in my life because I was a figure skater. I was a horse trainer. I was a, I taught aerobics. I taught dance. I taught skating. I taught everything I ever did. Uh, actor. I was an actor. I'm a voiceover artist still. And I taught all these things. And, um, and it was back in the day, you know, when I was younger, you never let anybody know, like the horse people never knew that I skated. The skating people didn't know I rode. Why? They knew that I acted. Yeah, I don't know. There was just this, it was a culture of, you know, you're not you're not legit if you're if you're focusing on a lot of things. You were oh. then you were, you know, what is it? They never heard of the Renaissance or anything like that. No, <laughs> apparently. No, we were still kind of in the Stone Age. So it was really funny. I remember when my uh riding instructor saw me in an ice show for the first time. I remember being on a platform, you know, doing the doing the moves and looking down and he was like <laughs> He's like, wait, this doesn't like, work. This is wrong. Uh, yeah, this little mind was like, I can't put it together. Anyway, now we live in a time where it's like no holds barred, and I love it because we yeah, can do everything. You're, you're the quintessential multimedia multimediographer because, like I was saying before, you're a photographer, amazing landscape photographer, and other things. You 
use your voice, so that's another medium, you know, and yeah. all these other things that you just revealed, <laughs> your skating and all this other stuff. So you've always been a Renaissance type person. Yeah. So yeah. take me back, take me back a little bit. So the beginnings, in the beginning, you know, there was What's Karen. <laughs> In the beginning, how did you get? So let's start with the VO stuff. Let's okay. just let's go back that far. Right, so, well, it, okay. what are you what are you doing there? What were you doing there? And how did you get into the VO stuff? Where just one day someone's saying, you know what, your voice is amazing. You really should use that. No, nobody ever said that. Actually, what happened was when I was very young, like ridiculously young, single digits even. I remember having this. You know, kids they talk. What do you want to be when you grow up? And they were. I wanted to do so many things. And I really wanted to do so many things, but somewhere, maybe in my early teens, I figured out that I could do everything. I just had to stack them. So, like, if I wanted to ride and train horses, and I wanted to figure skate, and I wanted to do those kinds of things, you got to do those when you're young, before you're all used up. So I did those because some of the other things I really, really, really wanted to do, like acting, um, I could do later. So I. I, that's how I kind of like systematically went at it, um, doing as many as I things as I could. And the day is long when you're young, so you know if you get up at three and you're on the ice at five, and, and then you go to school because I went to school and that was where I studied photography. And then you either go home and ride or go back to the rink and skate or do a dance class and then come home and do homework and get in bed and do it all over again six days a week. It somehow made sense in my mind. Jeez, that's, that's <laughs> crazy. So uh, we're going to jump around in this interview a lot, I feel yeah. like. So, uh, so I'm going to jump forward a little bit. So okay. the VO stuff we talked about a little bit. So you, I didn't answer your VO question. It came you, out of that. You didn't. So answer that first, and then I'm going to go somewhere else with that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so how, did, how did you happened. transition to that? I was an actor. And for you know, for a long time, 12 years or so, um, that, there's a whole story that goes along with that of didn't like who I was becoming, didn't like, you know, I'm a much more authentic person, and I had no, I had no support system and no real way to um, sort of isolate myself or insulate myself from that world. And it took a toll. It took a toll that I did not find acceptable, so I quit. But I had friends who were like, "You cannot quit totally. I need your voice. You have to keep doing voiceover." So they would hire me to do stuff, and then eventually I, I left San Francisco and moved up to the mountains and met my husband who's an audio, you know, he's a musician and a tech guy, and we set up a studio, and that was how that all started. And now you have a you have a home studio where you do your voiceover work, you, and you're still actively doing vo VO work, right? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm transitioning in my life. I'm at a point in my life where I've done VO for a long time, and it's great, um, but, you know, photography was always my first love. And I had to quit doing photography uh, in school because I was doing black and white and in the dark room, and I loved it because I love processing. So I loved yeah. it in the dark room too. But the chemicals made me sick, so I had to, you know, that dream blew out of the water. So and then digital I'm, I'm, came just, back, and you're like, I can get back. I well, finally now I've been waiting because I, you know, you know, years ago we knew it was coming, but I kept looking at the images, going, ugh. They're just not there yet. Oh. So when they finally got there, my husband, I was just complaining about the, the pictures I was taking, and I was like, it's not what I have in my mind. And, and finally he bought me a little DSLR and handed it to me at Christmas one year, and he says, you keep talking about the images in your mind. I want to see them. Go do it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Look awesome. at that. And, and that had to be the best gift ever because it was the gift not only to you but to everyone else because your work oh. is amazing. Like no, you and I were talking, I'm not just blowing smoke, because you and I were talking a couple days ago, and a certain CEO who will re remain nameless, <laughs> a certain company that we won't mention, yeah. contacted you on a network that we won't mention. <laughs> 
<laughs> to ask and, you. And we're not really talking, and we're not really here either. Yeah, so. it was, yeah. all this is hypothetical. This is like, yeah. I think it was a dream. But <laughs> he saw one of your shots. I think the shot that you most recently posted as we record this um, asked you for a print of that. And this is a CEO coming to yeah. you saying, hey, I'm enthralled by your work. Can I get a copy? You know. Yeah. So how, how does that make you feel? It's got to be kind of awesome, right? Kind of um, amazing. I don't focus on selling prints very much and so um, when something like that happens it sort of startles me out of my reverie of other things I'm doing and I'm like what? Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. kind of look left and look right me and yeah. you know. Which I really makes it even I'm... more cool because if you're like oh yeah another print sale who cares yeah I sold one to Larry Ellison the other day and now this guy <laughs> wants one you know so yeah, no. be different I, but if it's, I don't if think... it's you know it's, it's kind of a special thing when it just it kind of out of the thing. blue right? Every Every you know wonderful thing like that that happens, it's like a perfect day for me is when I wake up in the morning and I say, today I want magic. Today I want miracles to happen. I want to experience magic and delightful and wonderful surprises that that I will love and and I want it just to you know kind of come from the powers that be. And when it happens, I'm just so grateful. It is like magic, and I feel like a little kid. I get all, you know, like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. That's so cool. It's not yeah. that I take my – I don't think that I'm good enough. It's just I I don't think I do this. You know what I mean? I think it's it's a a power that comes through. And yeah. so when it when wonderful things like that happen, I it just triggers my gratitude, and I'm just like, thank you. There's my magic. There's my miracle. Now I can – it's worth getting up in the morning for that. Yeah, I mean so. that's that's crazy. So let let's talk a little bit about how you you landed into photography because it's mm -hmm. it seems like you're picking up speed over there. I mean you've got I don't know how many what millions two million followers mm -hmm. on Google Plus one point five seven today I think. But yeah, and it grows probably by a million a day or something. But no. you've got more than the average human. Let's say okay <laughs> that are connected to you and that you're you're able to reach. So. That that in and of itself is a testament to to who you are and the quality of your work and you know that you're worth following by that many people. So take me down the the road of of all these things we talked about the multimediographer, the Renaissance woman, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. All these things that you've done have they led you to photography and where you are today, or is it just you now photography? kind of intersected, the state of photography and the state of Karen intersected at a point now where you can make magic. Yes, I would say the latter is really very true because photography was always part of my life. My family, I mean we have, when my mother died and we went through her stuff, she had these um, photos of what we think is our the Norwegian part of our family coming to America and these photographs were, I mean there were so many of them, I mean somebody was a real shutterbug at some point mm -hmm. early on because um, this had to have been around the turn of the century, I'm pretty sure, maybe even the 1800s, and they were real clean photos. They weren't all damaged because they'd been taken care of. So, you know, photography and documenting and, you know, our our life and our story has really been a part of it for a long time. My sister's an artist. Um, I can't draw. <laughs> we used to draw horses because we grew up around horses, and she would draw these amazing, still does, these incredibly lifelike, you know, even as a kid, and I, you know, <laughs> you're like a line with four legs and yeah, a head. Yeah. Kind of. That yeah. was me. It was. It was really disappointing. <laughs> yeah. And so it seemed as though my so art and expression and creating beauty, you know, beauty and beautiful things was always a part of our our lives. It's just I couldn't do it <clears throat> drawing. Yeah. Yeah. So for a long time, did you ever, um, do, a, did you ever do any stints in um, corporate America, like sitting in a cube or 
in an office or anything no, like that? No, I had brushes with it, and I determined from the mere touch of it and the fact that my skin burned off of my body <laughs> yes. from the touch that yeah. I probably wasn't suited to that environment. Oh, yeah. I'm... Yeah. Um, I've just always been really I've, – I've worked, you know, when I was skating, I paid for my ice time by working for the ice arena, and I worked in a bookstore. You know, I did stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, <clears throat> I yeah, I've been self-employed um, pretty much my whole adult life. It's That's just amazing. the and, only thing. And now – and because of that fact, you, I think you were largely unemployable by corporate America. <laughs> Because yeah, I think I don't know. After, after you've been out of corporate or not had a corporate job for, I think, even if you were a corporate citizen uh-huh. and then you leave for like a year and a half, that taste of freedom is kind of like, you know, you're off the plantation. You're not going back. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's challenging. You you know, you work probably work a lot more than people in corporate America do. And, yeah. you yeah. know, if... I love it. It's a different kind of work. Yeah, it's a different kind of work. Um, I tend to be awfully driven, so I, I I will sometimes work myself into a into a lather, so to speak. You know, unnecessarily. I'm not all, I'm not like you, where everything is just like. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I like, know you see that about me. I'm very like yeah. regimented. Like, okay, it's eleven o'clock. We're calling. You know. Yeah. I know, I know. I, I look can crap up, about that from other people in my life. But. Well, I would like just a little bit of that because I'm more like, you know, I'm like fireworks are going off in my mailbox every day and it just goes from there. Um, I could use a little more order. <laughs> I And I need a little more anarchy. So, hey, Ebony hey, and Ivory, let's... Maybe uh, we should do a show. We should do a show. You know, we'll call How it Yin that? and Yang. Look at that. Boom. <laughs> Boom. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by SkillFeed.com. It's a new website brought to you from the creators of Shutterstock.com. SkillFeed is where you go to learn or improve your creative or technical skills with over 700 curated video courses covering design, photography, web development, video editing, and more. It's easy to use. You can learn anytime and any place. You never have to schedule courses. You can learn at your own pace. You learn at night or during a lunch break or an office break. And they've even created a series of bite-sized courses that range from 5 to 15 minutes long called Skill Snacks. So you can quickly learn something new. And be sure to check out the bookmark feature to select favorite courses to view later. And a few of my favorite courses are, they've got this amazing one called Photoshop CC Color Management or Photoshop Creative Cloud Color Management. It's just under three hours on how to establish a predictable process for color reproduction. Plus, there's another one on there that's really awesome. It's called Basic Portrait Lighting Tips and Tricks. It's a nine-minute skill snack that gets you up to speed quickly and easily on creating really cool basic portraits. And finally, there's one called Finding a Sense of Place in Your Photography, another four-minute skill snack. Definitely check those out. So SkillFeed takes the same approach as the parent company, Shutterstock. They carefully curate the instructors and courses for all skill levels. And it's a pretty good value if you look at it. And for less than you'd spend on a single textbook, you can learn hundreds of skills and you know a variety of different kinds of software. SkillFeed subscriptions cost $19 a month for access to more than 700 video courses. You can search, search courses by subject or software software, and then you can sample the courses using the 30-second preview feature. So check it out. 
And uh, you can just find them at skillfeed.com slash twip11. And that'll get you the 30-day extended free trial. That's skillfeed.com slash twip11 for a 30-day extended free trial. And I'd like to personally thank Skillfeed for their support of This Week in Photo. So, Kieran, I, I, I remember, and I don't use MotionX GPS anymore um, because of the built-in software on my iPhone and all that stuff, um, but I bought it back in the day before the peop- the providers, Apple and Google, were building it into the phones. And I know it's still, it's awesome. It's still a really popular app. And you are the voice of that app. I so am. I'm, I want to know how that happened, and is it weird? Like, do you get people in crowds saying, Hey, you're the one that just told me that I arrived at my destination. No, they don't. Re- you know why? They don't recognize me because I use my um, my app voice, which is a little more like this. You know, oh, do lot. that. Do the rest of the interview in that voice, please. Really? You want me to talk quietly like this? I pull yeah. way back. I talk at half volume. Really? Wow. And I yeah, um, because the microphone isn't designed to you know blast. It it hears the nuances. The human voice is an incredible instrument. I taught voice for years, as you can tell. But the human voice is an incredible in- instrument, and it's it's designed to convey all of who you are from emotional, physical, you know, mental, every level through your voice. That's how it's designed. So you can't, if you talk too loud, you kind of flatten that instrument and, um, you know, cut down on the on the broadcast of all that stuff. So when you talk a little bit more quietly, you can you don't have to work as hard to get the nuances across. And in an app, you're working with a very narrow bandwidth of, of audio. Um, it doesn't... It has you, to compress down, too. Yeah, it has right? to compress. So you have to fill that little bit of, you know, bandwidth with all this, um, you know, feel. Not that it has yeah. to be super emotional, just that you want it to be really, really rich so that it will cut through whatever crap audio, you know, serving <laughs> yeah. that it has to go through to get cool. to the listener. So, yeah, so I talk a lot more quietly in a little more this voice. I think I'm going to talk quietly for the rest of the interview, just like this. Oh, wow. Would that work? Let's do it, Fred. Let's talk like this. <laughs> this is turning fun. into a very different kind of show. I think. This is TWIP. What does TWIP stand for? <laughs> Let's weekend, not even go there. <laughs> weekend porn. I had to say there, it. <laughs> you, you, you kept it clean. I was going to say a different kind of pee. But no. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No Maybe All right, Karen. Okay. So, so moving right along. So, uh, um, the voice stuff. So, and I could see. I knew we were going to talk. So we just we could talk forever. You're like, yeah, I know. We're we're like you were like siblings. I love it. I know. Okay. So, moving right along. So, let's jump into the photography stuff. Yeah. And by way of Trey Radcliffe and the Stuck in Customs, you know, uh, Cirque du Soleil team that they have going on there. <laughs> So, Trey, you know, it, and I mean that in the nicest way because yeah, it's like Circus LA is very successful, you know, and they do some colorful things. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's this – it seems like there's this growing team of really talented people that are coalescing around, you know, the, in that universe, you know. So I'm assuming that you got connected with that through doing the voice work for Stuck on Earth. Is that correct? So take me through how that all that stuff works. Okay, so um, prior to that, I you know I got like I told you before, I got back into photography and I had this imagery in my mind. I could see these photographs that I wanted to make, and I and they weren't just the documentation, the classical photography I'd always done. They were more elaborate. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know where to find them. Um, someone at my husband's work, he works for uh, Full Power Technologies, who makes Motion X, which is how that whole connection happened. But um, Someone there said, hey, you should check out, you know, there was two or three photographers, 
one of them was Trey Ratcliffe. And so I was like, oh, my God, those are the, those, that's the, the that style guy. of imagery. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, it was sort of like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I'd been making mashed potato mountains, you know, and then <laughs> finally got the call and I knew, knew where to go. So, you just anyway. alienated about 75% of our audience, by the I way. I know. Thank, you're welcome for that. <laughs> and uh, I'll leave it to you to fight for them to come exactly. back. Exactly. So, I'll flash up a picture of, uh, who was that, that actor that built the mountain? Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, yeah, yeah, building the mountain. That was crazy. Well, see, there's an image. I'm just helping you. I'm just helping yes. you broaden your horizons, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so just being, you know, really brief. I so I learned how to do HDR from his free tutorials, and then he did a webinar, and I joined the webinar. Part of the deal was, you know, get in the forums, make friends, you know, offer critique, and share who you are, what you do, blah blah. Which I tend to be voiceover tends to be very isolating, a very isolated. Uh, kind of way, so I'd gotten very, and I thought, well, this would be a good chance to kind of, you know, come out a little bit, and mm -hmm. uh, so I did, and I said I'd do voiceovers, and, you know, kind of got in there and participated, and it was really weird, because I don't normally do that, <laughs> yeah. and he, he he looked at the whole thing, and he noted that, so I didn't know that Stuck on Earth was in the works, so when he got to the point of needing a voice, um, you know, it's always kind of nice to go with someone you have a half a clue about, and sure. uh, checked out my voiceover website, liked what he heard, and got in touch with me, and, and we did Stuck on Earth. The rest is history, yeah, and um, we, the thing about, you know, I owe Trey a lot of uh, gratitude and a lot to my education of getting started in this way, because, you know, he, as you know, he's kind of like the Pied Piper of you know, he's just advanced thinking all the time. And he is. He is. Yeah. And he lives in the Matrix. I believe yeah, he, he really lives does. in the Matrix. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not as advanced as he is in that way, but, boy, I've got a, just a way of thinking that is kind of different, especially from people my age, never never mind other people in the world. So I just always noticed that I thought, God, he just seems like he's kind of thinks similarly to the way I do and mm -hmm. with our each with our own differences. And I think that was true, and we just sort of hit it off and it all went from there. Yeah, yeah, I would say the same thing. And you know, I've known Trey for a while, and yep. yeah, know, I can vouch for you. You're as, just as weird as the rest of us. So yeah, I am. I am. I hide it. I I've become really, really good at hiding it. Really? <laughs> it's that military training. I'm not gonna let it out. But the bulging veins in your neck give it away. Fred, yeah, right here. You. You yeah, know. the pulsing. <laughs> And I know you've got mashed potato mountains in the back room. You have no idea. You wish they were mashed potatoes, I'm telling you. Whoa. Ah, la, 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 la. That would be so much easier to clean up, I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Ah. I'm kidding. I kid. You went downhill. Kid. You're kidding. Kid. Too late. All right. You know, we've done this whole interview so far, and we haven't talked about photography. So we're going to talk about, like, you're, you're a landscape shooter. And well, you know me as a landscape shooter. I know that's right. I know you as a landscape shooter, mm -hmm. and the most recent shot that I saw was a landscape, and your landscape shots are off the charts amazing. So, tell me about that piece of it, and then expand it out into the. You know, are you a general? Like, how do you how do you position yourself when people say, "What kind of stuff do you shoot?" What do you say? Well, now that we've you know, Google Plus has been an incredible uh, opportunity to sort of identify what of the things we do. Um, because for me, in the beginning, it was a lot of market research. It was like, well, am I any good at this? And what do people even like? And what is this whole world all about? And, and landscape was kind of what took off for me. And I love it because I love going out and being at one with nature. You know, that's where I'm the most comfortable. And, um, and it's a solo thing, so it's back to that I know. voiceover thing, right? You I and a camera and a landscape, right? Mm -hmm. I know, because I have friends, I have really good friends who do amazing portraits and street photography, and I just, I like almost break out into hives, 
trying to do that. It just it freaks me out. I do it as an exercise, but I'm never comfortable. I really love, and it's weird because I can just sort of feel the heartbeat of the earth, and I can feel my own inspiration, and everything just makes sense out there yeah. to me. So it's a real that's a personal thing, and it's where I I most readily feel my mission in life. You know, kind of settling into my body. It's this whole mystical thing. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, you know, I think that maybe comes through my work, perhaps. Yeah, and that's where you, I mean, it's it's weird, because it's it's different for for a lot of people. Like, I I, I consider my landscape stuff, like, meh, it's okay. I look at my mm -hmm. stuff, it's like, yeah, it's competence, you know, it's, it's, it's technically correct, it looks okay, people say it's nice. Then I look at yours, and I'm like, okay, all right, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. I understand why I don't consider myself a landscape shooter, because that is a landscape shooter. <laughs> Because <laughs> your stuff is amazing. It's the stuff that you'd see in galleries hanging up all over the place. My stuff, I think, not to be too self-deprecating, but my stuff I would see, like, maybe on a postcard, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Well, your stuff I could see large in a gallery. Well, you know? there's there's a place for everything, you know. I don't I don't think there's better than or worse than. I just think there's different kinds. And, and I love to process, like I say, and I grew up in a family of artists, and, um, and this just turned out to be my art, not to mention the fact that, it, to me, I've always, like, there's always been what I do, and there's then there's who I am, and this other part of who I am, you know, I used to have visions when I was young, and I hear voices, and, you know, there's that whole mystical part, yeah. and um, it, you know, it never went away, it just sort of found a place, and, and, I find, I mean, for me, it's it's putting those things together, and when I do that, something else happens, a third thing happens, so when I bring um, my own signature, my own way of seeing the world, my own way of feeling about life into the work that I do, my, my landscapes, which I love, um, you know, I process photos a lot, I fo you know, I'm not a strictly journalistic, because to me, it's about creating a story and a statement and a, uh, you know, something extra, really imbuing it with who I am and how I'm seeing things and how I'm feeling so that it, it, it really bears my signature as a person. So the post-processing piece of it, I did an interview back to Trey, I did an interview with Trey and we were talking about that post-processing piece, there's three P's, um, um, <laughs> you know, but it's a hyphenated one in there so it doesn't matter, uh, <laughs> but the whole idea of when you go out and you capture these vistas, you're essentially capturing the raw material. So you're capturing yeah. half of the story and then you go back into the computer in the Lightroom Photoshop aperture whatever and that's where you complete the story. Is yes. that is that your mindset as well? Yes, it is. Absolutely. It's 100% that because um I photographed a painter painting a scene that I was shooting one day and I was thinking about um she and I was watching her, looking at her work and looking at her colors, and it certainly represented the scene, but it was not an exact depiction. It was absolutely how she viewed the scene and her own mark of, you know, that. And she's able to produce that on the spot because she had her, her canvas there and her paints and everything was right there. So she did it on the spot. Wow. And when she was done, she was done. Um, I don't have the paints in the canvas. I have to go home for that. So. Yeah. She, you know, she draws it first, and that's her, that's her sketch. So I photograph it. That's my sketch, and then I got to take it home to my paints and canvas. And but where she was producing it right there. But it was really interesting because I, I watched her work, and I was thinking, wow, that's just exactly what we do. Who approach it that way? There's yeah. so many ways, so many different ways to approach photography. That's one of the things I love about it, and it's all legit and it's all fantastic. I just happened to do it this way, and I watched her do it in the, and I was like, 
she's an artist. I guess yeah. maybe I'm an artist. I don't know. That you are an artist, and that's the thing about you're right. That's the thing about photography. It not only are there a million different ways to approach and a million different ways to interpret a scene, but yeah. the tools to both capture and interpret it later on the software keep evolving and changing. <laughs> we get new I capabilities know. every month. There's new things that we can do that we couldn't do the month before. And right. It's just you know, so you can, and then the changes on the software hardware side affect how you shoot, because you're like, well, now I could actually capture that scene because I have a camera that can capture, you know, high ISL, you know, that kind of thing. Right, and the thing, the place where I always end up taking it, which, I mean, I, I can, I'm always excited when people get excited about photography and learn how to use their cameras better, and I can always help them do that, and, you know, people that I know that are close to me that need that kind of help, and it's great. Where I get really excited, just because it's, you know, so me, is, um, is this opportunity we also have because the tools are so good, we can literally those you know people who want to express this way. If they they hear music, some people I do this, um, but some people do hear music when they photograph. If you hear music and you hear it a certain way and it creates a certain vibe, you can go home and find a tool that will help you um, create that. Yeah. And and in that sense, you never master it. What you, what it's always evolving because it's always you're always funneling your, you know, your own feeling about it, and it's like this piece of freedom. I think that's the thing that changes people's lives, lives a lot of time in in photo processing is you get a taste of that, and uh, and you're like, oh my goodness, that changes the way I see everything because if I can um, really be who I am and really let this out, it feels so amazing, and then you want more of that. Yeah, and that's 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 part of the the challenge too, though, is finding that outlet. Because a lot of photographers, like you're lucky, you found that okay, landscape, that's the switch. I love it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna press hard on that button because I know when I press that button, you know, uh, jujubes come out the other side. So right. I'm gonna keep pressing that button. <laughs> wow. I know that was a stretch. Wow! But when I'm, you press I'm the buttons, gonna, good things happen. Is the I whole point? I can't unerase that, and that's gonna like now pervade my entire day. Thank you for that. And it's early. Jujubees. So, wow! You heard it first, Frederick Van. Jujubees. No, no, no. It's Jujubees out the other end. Out the other end. When you press yeah. on the button, then Jujubees pop. Okay. Oh my God! And this what is was going your question? <laughs> See? All right. So, Karen. All right. What about? Back to the whole trend of Renaissance woman, mm -hmm. multimediographer. You also have a show. Yes, I the do. The Chat, which called is wildly chat. popular, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. Where, what was the genesis of that that project? Well, as you know, my background is in media and broadcast, and mm -hmm. and I I you know really it's a it's a life thing. I'm at a at a point where I I sat down and I went these are the things that I still like to do that I'd still like to put together in some kind of crazy, you know pie photography leading the way because that's my number one thing but the other you know is I you know writing and talking and um, you know doing shows and being on camera and doing that kind of thing not that yeah. the on-camera parts the draw it's it's the way we can tell a story that way and I love video so mm -hmm. I came up with the idea of the chat I wanted it to be just talking like we are n now and so I call it the chat sound bite sized insights from some of the coolest people on the planet and the subheading of it is it's all about I'm talking to musicians, photographers, um, artists, creatives of all sorts who are living their life as an artist or better yet living their life as if it were their art hmm. because this is the piece that I think we have an opportunity to have you know by doing what we do is there's so many people now that are putting their lives together in unconventional ways 
that involve their art, that involve um, fulfillment on a like a soul level, an artistic level, and they pay attention. Like we'll sit there and process a photo, and we'll spend hours on it. We'll focus on every little you know nuance and every little thing, and all this you know focus goes into it. And then we just kind of go out and live life as if whatever, and, and mm -hmm. we're stuck in patterns or stuck in relationships or jobs or whatever. And I'm like, but why, if you have this piece of freedom here, wh who, are, you know, why not take it out into your life? And people are doing it. Who are they? And those are the people I'm talking to. And I'm very fortunate because I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. And I'm starting with the people that I know. And there's just this short show, 15-ish minutes. And we just talk about what, how they do what they do and what they love about it. And, you know. I love it. Is, this, is this a YouTube-only show? Is it a podcast? No, it's on my blog, blog.karenhutton.com, and mm -hmm. every new show I post on Google Plus and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and um, and uh, let's, but the blog, you know, like I say, blog.karenhutton.com is I've got a category. All roads, for the all chat. roads lead to the blog, and then to the blog, yeah, and of course I have a YouTube channel as well. Mm -hmm. I had that YouTube channel for a really long time went back when I was only doing voiceovers so I'm stuck with the name Karen Hutton voiceovers oh I, yeah I'm like <sighs> you, well you know you may be able to maybe pull a string or two to get that changed I'm I don't know saying. I don't know to, I don't know I have to look into it because it's really stupid but that's that's my <laughs> channel and the that's very forward-looking of you Karen I like that, that was... <laughs> yeah I try to be that way <laughs> I love okay so let's uh, let's wrap this up so all, right. all the stuff that we've talked about we've mm -hmm. talked about you know, the, the early days, we've talked about the VOs, we've talked about photography, we talked about stuck on earth, stuck on customs. Did I ever actually answer any of your questions? You did. You've answered know. everything. But okay. I want to know, the big giant question that's looming in my head right now oh, is, God. where are you going with all this? Where what's what's the holy grail? What's the touchdown line? I mean, is it the Karen Hutton Network? Is it... You know what? You have a show like you're gonna, you know, supplant Oprah and Tyra and have a show on network TV. What? What's the holy grail for Karen Hutton? You know, the holy grail is the same as it is for a lot of people, which is I want to do what I love to do. Um, you know, be paid well for it and be able to live the life I want, which is being able to travel around when I want to, have flexibility, and have a, a great variety of things that I do. Love it. And Love so um, I have a, you know, from that bigger vision, I have, you know, visions for each of the things that I'm doing and how I imagine that that ties into this bigger vision. But that's that's the drill because, you know, I'm at an age where I, and I keep talking about age, but I think we do go through passages and times in our life where you look at the rest of your life and you're like, what do I want that to be like? Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm at one of those points where I'm like, what do I want the rest of my life to be like? I don't want to work as hard and you know, be like a battering ram to make this thing happen. I want it. I want a life filled with magic and miracles and you know wonderful things where I get to do the things that I love to do. And there's a variety of them I still want to do. Photography's top of the list, yeah. and get to process photos and travel around the world and have my husband go with me and you know and do this together and for as long as we want to. Yeah. So and that's so and that's that's what it's all about. I mean, that's the perfect answer because it's. I don't think there is any, you can't really extrapolate out, you know, 10, 20, 30 years or whatever saying, okay, this is where I want to be. You can right. maybe aim kind of in that direction and do things, but, you know, it's, unless you're on a finite path, like you're in the military and you could say, 
you know, when I'm four years in, I will yeah. be a master sergeant or a staff sergeant or whatever, you know, you can extrapolate that with those right. kind of programmed activities. But in our world where things change <laughs> every five minutes, right. opportunities present themselves that weren't here last week. You meet new people that change your whole mindset all the time. You, you know, it's, you kind of like to sort of move and yeah. keep well, going in that direction, but you're moving like this, right? right? I, in my life, have been driven enough and I've lived long enough now to have tried it just about every way you can. <laughs> so yeah. I know from personal experience the difference between setting goals, because I was raised in a goal-setting environment. My, we had family meetings and classes when I was you know, 10, 11, and 12 years old on goal-setting and public speaking and salesmanship and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was a goal-setter early on, but from, I find goal-setting is good and you do accomplish things, but like my voiceover work was a goal. And I got there and I went, is this all there is? It wasn't mm -hmm. enough. So um, I love it. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that. But I have had the opportunity in later years to try the thing where, all right, so maybe I don't know exactly the thing that will fulfill this, but what I want to feel every day when I wake up is this. What I want to contribute to life is this. The legacy I want to leave for other people from all the things that I've learned and have been is this. These are the things. And, and I can't tell you, you know, precisely, but I know how I want to feel when I wake up in the morning. I know how, my, how I want to feel about my life when I look at it and look at the things I have to do. I want to love it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, I'm finding, really opens me up to a lot more opportunity and um, uh, ideas and, yeah. and thoughts about how to accomplish that than I ever had when I was like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Yeah, yeah. the, the mortality thing that you mentioned, it, you know, I think as I get older, it becomes more and more top of mind because it becomes like, if I were to kick off today, <laughs> you know, yeah. how would people remember me? Have I done anything... Have I have I contributed to the to the gross national product of Earth enough that my being here for these few decades made sense? Or and what and if not, what should I do now yeah. to make it make sense that I was actually consuming oxygen? Well, and I think it's appropriate to have those later in life. Although strangely, again, as a child, I knew <laughs> I knew that I wanted to be someone. I knew that I had a mission, and mm -hmm. I knew that um, I would be someone that would contribute, and I wanted that. That's what I felt would fulfill me as a kid, which is kind of weird. Wow. But but you live this life and you acquire you I just think you have to acquire a certain amount of experience and skills and and hone yourself and have disappointments and breakdowns and and all those things and and come back from those extra strong and understanding what people do experience and and what where you can offer something with this, you know, plethora of experiences and skills and passions that you have and at a certain point you, you have to live long enough to get those and then you get you arrive at a point where you're like all right what am I going to do with those mm -hmm. and, and that's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now see how, see how smart you are so you you were having those kind of thoughts when you were a kid I was building mini bikes and you know <laughs> taking magic lessons in Port Jefferson New York that's what I was <laughs> Well, see, you had magic as part of it. You just thought it meant that. That's uh, all. You know, I, I had magic, yeah. And I, I still I have magic. I'm still an amateur you know, Are you magician. really? Yes, oh, I my am. God. I did yes, not know that. Coin How magic, sleight of hand. All right, yes. you got to show me some tricks the next time we get together. I will. I will. I'm, I'll just I'm, need a $100 bill, and I will show you how really? to make it disappear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can do that. Yes, very I, easily. I <laughs>
But Karen, where, okay, so I've heard a lot of presences. You've got a lot of social media footprint. Is it easiest for people to just Google you, Karen Hutton, or should they just go to KarenHutton.com? KarenHutton.com. I revamped KarenHutton.com to include all of my um, stuff. So all of my my web uh, my current web presences are there as well as my sh- my social. So that's a good start. You know, if you just want to go to photography, it's Karen Hutton Photography. I am really active on Google Plus and Facebook. Um, <laughs> I get myself so busy. I'm trying to keep up with Twitter and uh, Pinterest and all the others, but <laughs> I, know, I know it's not it's not easy. You might need an assistant. I'm thinking you should probably hire a minion or something. I need a mi- I need a few minions. Yeah, I'm gonna take <laughs> some lessons from you on, on minionizing because I need to minionize my parts of my life anyway. Yeah, see, my the way that I structured my minions is we are all minions. <laughs> so it's like, I was just gonna say it's not that like there's a big head minion and little minions. We are all equal minions working exactly. towards the same goal. Cause see, I yeah. figure I know so many people with these different talents. I figure you know, and I look around and I go, and I have these, and you have yours, and then you know these other people over here have theirs. If we put us all together, we're almost a whole person. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the head, right? <laughs> yeah, we can almost cover it. It's funny. Anyway. Karen, it is always a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> you know, and the the chat, your photos, all the stuff that you do is just amazing. Keep doing it, please. And I have to ask you. <clears throat> I have to put you on the spot, and as I do for for a, a lot of our guests. I'm nervous now. You have to come on this week in photo as a co-host. You have Seriously? To yes. <gasps> you have I to come on. I would do that in a heartbeat. Awesome. Done. From, from Done. your place. You're going to be in our 2014 house? lineup. So. From, really? Yes. From your house, or would how do you? Well, we'll work You're going to be sitting right there. You're going to be sitting right there. <gasps> oh. You know, there's this whole internet thing, and I hang- forgot about that. It's oh amazing. God. It's all the rage. I've heard of the internet. I just never really ever thought I would have access. That's incredible. Yes. You're on. You're on. Oh my Thank god. You, Karen. Okay. You rock. You rock. You rock more. I was gonna say you rock harder, but then we go downhill again. Here we go again. We'll so never recover. Our, our it's energy. that red. It's the red you're wearing. It's making you go in that bad yeah. direction. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Fred Van Johnson, you are awesome, and thank you for having me on this show, and I always love talking to you, and I can do this for hours. But Likewise. Thank yeah. you, Karen Hutton. I will be in touch. Fantastic. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of TWIP. If you'd like to check out more of Karen's voiceover work, her photography, or just to say hey, you can do so over at KarenHutton.com. And if you'd like to keep up with everything TWIP-related, you can check us out at ThisWeekInPhoto.com. And finally, if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at FrederickVan.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>